welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you well. I'd like to remind you that if you need guidance as you move through your grief walk, that I've developed Bundle of Hope books, which will help you better understand this process. My signature book, Understanding Your Grieving Heart After a Loved One's Death, maps out what you could be going through. Helping a grieving child after a loved one's death will teach you what children, teens, and young adults go through so you can support them in the best way possible. And my book on holiday grief will help you get prepared for year-end gatherings so you'll know how to handle them as well. All three are digital downloads, so you can start reading them immediately after purchase and have them either in your computer or ready for you in your own personal portal online. We don't know what we don't know, and there is no need to suffer after someone has died, and we aren't quite sure how best to handle situations or what the grieving process does to our emotional, physical, social, intellectual, as well as spiritual selves. So go visit www.griefauthority.com to pick up my books. Also, it would mean so much to me if you'd share our podcast with three people today who might benefit from its knowledge and ask them to subscribe. Thank you so much. If you're like me, you've spent a fair amount of time watching the ceremonies to honor Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom and Commonwealth realms, who passed away at her Balmoral Castle in Scotland this past Thursday, September 8th, at the age of 96. She was the longest-serving monarch who reigned for 70 years, with her first Prime Minister being Winston Churchill and her 15th presenting herself to the Queen just two days before her death. No matter what you might think of British royalty, anyone who carried out their duties for 70 years is to be honored. I don't know anyone who has had a job for 70 years and was faithful until death. Queen Elizabeth wasn't supposed to be queen. After her grandfather, King George V, died in 1936, the rightful heir to the throne was her uncle Edward, who became King Edward VIII. But when he proposed to Wallace Simpson, an American divorcee, 
The Church of England did not approve of the marriage since he was the head of the Church of England and at the time it did not allow divorced people with a former living spouse to remarry in the church. Consequently, he abdicated the throne after only 326 days, the shortest reign in British history, and it was then that Queen Elizabeth II's father, whose true name is Albert and was often called Bertie, became King George VI. King George ruled from 1936 to 1952. His older daughter, Princess Elizabeth, as she was known at the time, became Queen Elizabeth at age 26 with her father's death from lung cancer at the young age of only 56. Elizabeth was the elder daughter to her sister Margaret and born in 1926. In 1947, she was engaged to Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark, whom we know as her beloved husband since their marriage the same year. They were married for 73 years, and he was the longest-serving consort for 68 of those years. Last year, when Prince Philip died at 99, just two months shy of his 100th birthday, I did a commemorative podcast. I'll leave the link in the corresponding blog in the show notes below. Princess Elizabeth was enjoying her life in Malta, where Prince Philip was in the military. As her father became more ill, he asked them to take his place on a tour of Africa in 1952. It was there that her husband broke the news to her that her father had died and she was now queen. Queen Elizabeth's coronation was in 1953 and it marked the first time a ceremony such as this was shown on television. She and Prince Philip share four children, four grieving children now. King Charles III, Princess Anne, Princess Royal, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward, and their spouses. She is also survived by eight grieving grandchildren, including Prince William and Princess Catherine of Wales, and 12 great-grandchildren, some we know well, such as Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis. But after Queen Elizabeth, buried her beloved husband, life was never the same for her. When we lose someone we loved and lived with for so many decades, the loss of their presence is one of the most difficult things to bear. Now her children, their spouses, grandchildren and their spouses, and children will commemorate her life. When someone in the public eye dies, and we've known them for decades, perhaps our entire lives, as in the case of the Queen, it is normal for us to grieve their death. Our feelings that come up and our emotions may surprise us. After all, they aren't part of our personal family. We might not have even met them, 
but we are struck by their death, and especially since the queen reigned for over 70 years, most individuals never knew any other monarch. She was a stable, dutiful constant in the lives of all who were under the crown. Some people will feel that this is silly to grieve for someone who is in the public eye and not part of their family. But we feel their contribution to society was much more than the average citizen, and we want to express that pain with others who also feel a deep sorrow for the Queen's death. That is why so many have left flowers, cards, balloons, and other gifts at the foot of her homes. They want to be a part of the commemorations. That is why they stand in line for hours to get a chance to shake the hand of Prince William and Princess Kate, and perhaps King Charles III and Camilla the Queen Consort. They want to always remember that they were a part of history, even standing in the queue to walk past her flag-draped casket while it's on public display in Scotland and in London at Westminster Hall. I think about all her staff at her residences in Buckingham Palace, her country home in Windsor Castle, her Scottish residence, Holyrood Palace, her beloved summer home, Balmoral Castle, where she died, also in Scotland, the Sangringham State, where she loved to celebrate holidays, and her Irish residence, Hillsborough Castle, where she stayed when she visited Northern Ireland. They helped her in all sorts of capacities, from chefs and kitchen staff, gardeners, to handling her communication with the outside world, to scheduling appointments and trips to all places and events near and far, to state dinner preparation and planning, to welcoming the latest Prime Minister each week. All these professionals have given their time, energy, skill, and love to honor and care for the Queen. Their grief is private, but it is real and overwhelming. We may not learn much about it, but we honor every one of the people who served and helped the Queen do what she did best. We send you our love. I've learned that special arrangements have been made so some staff will have 24 private hours to spend with the Queen at her coffin before burial. So considerate. This week, many on social media, including me, took the time to honor the Queen in posts online. Many responded with their own feelings about the Queen and wrote lovely tributes to her. When we do this, we are sharing our grief with those who also loved her. Maybe we never met these other mourners, but it doesn't matter. We are collectively showing our sorrow and sending our condolences to her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. We are sharing our sorrow with her staff, whose lives will be different now after the Queen has died. A shift may be taking place when King Charles III takes over, and their future may also be uncertain.
we wish them well. Let us also remember her beloved dogs and horses. I've seen animals mourn the loss of their master or mistress. They grieve too. For them, they don't really know where their owner has gone. All they know is they aren't with them on a daily basis, and many dogs especially will roam around to find them. It brings on confusion and their own sense of depression. They wonder if their master or mistress will ever come back. When someone like Queen Elizabeth dies, we consider our own mortality. Perhaps we equate her death with a senior member of our own family who may be ill or dying. We start to look at life as finite. We only have so much time on this earth, and unfortunately, no one knows when our last day might be. Queen Elizabeth was welcoming in a new prime minister, her 15th, just two days before her death. Most of us are still in wonder as to how she could die so swiftly when she looked so well in her last photos. But that's what can happen. Only the Lord knows our time. And we are grateful for the time she was with us and the over 70 years she reigned. From all accounts, she had a sharp wit and a wonderful sense of humor. I remember in 1977, I was fortunate to have visited London with my parents for her Silver Jubilee, her 25th anniversary on the throne. We had gone to the theater this particular evening, and the cab driver pointed out that if we just walked down the block after the theater let out, the Queen would be coming out after the opera, and we might catch a glimpse of her. Well, my father lifted my camera and just kept clicking away when her car slowly drove by. And to our surprise, when we returned home, we had the most marvelous picture of her. The lights were on in the car so everyone could see her and Prince Philip. She looked so beautiful, waving to everyone. And just before her platinum jubilee, she appeared with Paddington Bear in a short skit where they were having tea. He showed her that he keeps his marmalade sandwich in his hat, to which she opened her purse and said, I keep mine here for later. But the part that really brought me to tears was when he so heartfully said to her, Thank you for everything. <sighs> Still gets me. Thank you for everything, he said. It was wonderful. It just seems to me that he was speaking for all of us who admired her and appreciated all the good she did for her commonwealth. I will add the video in my corresponding blog for you to see. It's priceless. The Queen's funeral is tomorrow, Monday, September 19th, at 11 o'clock in the UK, 6 o'clock Eastern time for us in the US. 
It will take place in Westminster Abbey, where she married Prince Philip in 1947 and where she was crowned queen in 1953. There will be millions around the world who mourn her death, millions of those who knew no one else but Queen Elizabeth as their monarch, and they wish to honor her. If you are surprised at your feelings, please don't be. You are entitled to every tear that falls from your eyes. As the Queen said, grief is the price we pay for love, and that is exactly what we are doing. Thank you, Your Majesty. We are grateful for all you gave to so many. You will be missed. Thank you.